Hey team, it's Danielle. Welcome back to another episode of the 40-something and interning podcast. This week, we are speaking with Catherine, and she has a focus in sports nutrition. So please welcome Catherine in Holson. Hi, everyone. My name is Catherine. Um, thank you, Danielle, for the introduction. Um, my name is Catherine. I'm 23 years old. Um, I live in a small suburb near Chicago, Illinois. Um, I am currently a dietetic intern at the University of Michigan. Um, like Danielle was saying, my main focus and interests are in sports nutrition. And this kind of aligns with me being a runner. I enjoy running. It's been a hobby and a passion of mine um, and would love to work with future runners. Um, I'm also Bolivian, which is a part of South America, um, right near Brazil. Um, so I identify myself being a Latina Hispanic woman and hoping to um, shed more light on more Latina dietitians that are in sports nutrition and are uh, working in sports. And then, oh. oops, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, and then lastly, um, I identify myself being an introvert with some social anxiety, which is a bit odd, I guess, for dietitians. But I'm hoping to, you know, shed more light on more dietitians that are introverts and experience some social anxiety. Because um, I think that's it's something really important to really put out there that, you know, not all dietitians are this, you know, if extroverted uh, person with like a huge bubbly personality and that some of us, um, you know, st are still in this kind of introverted space um, and can still have, you know, anxiety when it comes to meeting new people. Well, I hope I make you comfortable. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny um, to hear that because I find, I don't know, I've found many like nutrition or um, dietetic students and interns that are not very extroverted. Some of them are, but I find many of them tend to be more quiet until they get to know you. I'm definitely, how do you call it? Like an ambivert? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm there in the middle, but I get so um, burned out if I'm around too many people at one time and I mm -hmm. have to go hide in a corner or something yeah. like, it, it tires me all the way out so funny yeah so um listening to you talking about like your running as a hobby did you um run in high school like on like varsity or did you run collegiately yeah so um that's kind of like one of the reasons, you know, of how I kind of got interested in nutrition dietetics. Um, so like growing up with, first of like with a Bolivian family, we have a lot of like indigenous beliefs around food, mm -hmm. um, medicine. Um, I remember like my mom would always make like different sorts of teas and different like soups for like, um, you know, if we had a minor illness, like a stomach ache or like a headache or something. Yep. So mm -hmm. learning that like, food um, can really help our bodies and it can really be this, uh, you know, functional way to uh, help with, you know, different illnesses, like using food first and then medicine type of mm -hmm. uh, philosophy. Um, and then w when I got to high school, um, I went to like a large public high school that had a lot of elective classes, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, I took a lot of the cooking classes and I really enjoyed like the food science of it all. And um, I took this class that was called personal chef and dietetics. And I remember like, I was really shy. So like, you know, when the teacher had asked, um, you know, who is anyone interested in a career in becoming a dietitian? Like I didn't want to raise my, I didn't want to be the only one raising my hand. So, but. Did people raise their hand? No, I was like the only one. And I think wow. I took it just to take it. But yeah, it, so I took that. Like, I really enjoyed like learning about, you know, using food as, you know, to comfort you, learning the science behind it. And 
um, the importance of like nutrients um, for the body. But then in high school, I joined sports and I was a tennis player. I ran cross country and ran track and field. And I really learned the importance of nutrition for performance. And I remember having a dietitian come to one of my track and field practices and she just came in to talk about like general nutrition. Um, but I just thought it was so cool that like a dietitian can come in and talk to athletes about nutrition. And like, mm -hmm. I didn't realize like that could be like a job. Yeah. So, so I was like, Oh wow. Like I could, I could really do something like this. And um, so I, yeah, I remember my senior year, I would like Google schools for, you know, nutrition and dietetics and, um, yeah, that's kind of what got me into sports nutrition and wanting me to become a dietitian that works with athletes. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. So first, I appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me, cultural aspect when it comes to nutrition. It was definitely like that for me growing up. If I felt like, you know, stomach was bothering me or I had a cold or I had a headache like my grandparents and my great-grandmother always had a remedy for yeah. that <laughs> um, and so it just it's a connection that food is so much more than just calories or energy you know mm -hmm. it's it relates us to or connects us rather to our families and friends and our cultures that's a big deal and then like you I've always been interested in like healthy eating and that effect on our bodies. And it's funny, I was a part of, um, it was the mentorship program for Diversified Dietetics. Mm -hmm. And I was listening one day, they had a number of RDs that were speaking on, you know, how to get people involved, get students, kids, like high school kids or mm -hmm. younger involved in nutrition and dietetics. And many people, don't realize that there is <clears throat> like a professional career that's associated with nutrition and dietetics, but a lot of high schoolers have no idea. And so shedding the light on what is possible with this field is great. Like you could really make it what you want it to be. And I'm certain like you can find something that you enjoy that relates back to nutrition, like your running and performance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think like, I think that's something that like people don't really talk about. Like when you're in high school, it is kind of a stepping stone into what you want to do in life, whether you do go to college or you don't go to college, but like you figure out like what you're really passionate about. So mm -hmm. I think like really um, having these like courses um, in these high schools are really important for you to find out what you do like and what you could you know, possibly make a career out of. Because um, I remember at my high school, we had like different classes, like entrepreneurship, woodworking, engineering, mm -hmm. coding. And so there was something for everyone. And now, like when I talk to some students, like back in college, like I remember um, people are saying like, you know, like I went to a private school, but we didn't really have courses like that. Like we you know, we maybe had like language courses, but so I, I think that, you know, it, it does kind of lie into like the education system in a way, like, you know, what, you know, public and private schools can offer students. But yeah, I, I, feel, I feel very fortunate that, you know, my high school had courses like these that would help me decide, you know, what I want to do um, yeah. in life. Yeah, that's cool. So did you complete your DPD program at the University of Michigan? No. So I completed mine at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Okay. So I did my DPD program there. And then they had like a new one-year master's program. So mm -hmm. uh, it was like a five-year, one-year thing. So you would yeah. complete some things during your senior year. So I did... Uh, my DPD there and then I did like the non-thesis master's also at the University of Illinois. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then um, while I was in graduate school I applied to uh, DICAS, did the whole 
um, process and then got matched to the University of Michigan's dietetic internship. Okay. So what was that process like for you, the whole diecast process and the application? How many DIs did you apply to? Yeah, so I... I remember the diecast process. Um, it, it was okay. It was all right. Like I, I, I remember people, you know, telling me beforehand that it was like this really scary process that would take years and years to finish. <laughs> it, it, it freaked me out. So I was like, okay, I need to get the, like I need to get organized. I need to get these things started early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did like that. Uh, what I did like about the DICAS process was that um, they would tell you what you've already completed with like the completion checks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of laid out um, in a way where you do your contact information first and like experiences and personal statements. So it was laid out nicely. The only part that I thought was super weird was the personal statement <laughs> section because uh-huh. It was just a text box. Yeah. Um, and I wrote all of mine on like a Google Doc. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. If there was a way to just like submit it through like a PDF document submission, like that'd be great because then it would be more organized, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a more like I need things to look nice. I need things to be organized. <laughs> so like putting a whole personal statement in just a text box was just weird to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I um, I only applied to four dietetic internships. Okay. Um, originally, I think I had six, but then I like the last week of before the deadline, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do these. So it, it ended up being just four dietetic internships. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like the thought process behind, you know, only doing four was just more of um, a location necessity like I really wanted to be near um, the Chicagoland area like Illinois like around there because mm-hmm. um, I I just you know for financial reasons you know it would just be way too much if I went all the way across you know the country even though Michigan's you know a four-hour drive um, it's still somewhat close to mm-hmm. where I live but yeah and I, I don't know I just I also just felt very confident that I was going to get matched so I just felt like I didn't need to apply to so many yeah and yeah. and it was also a cost thing yes, like I, yes. I didn't want to pay for you know six internships when I would just get matched to one so yeah I think a lot of people myself included <clears throat> I applied to four but mm-hmm. I really only wanted one. And when I think back, I'm like, ah, damn, do I need to really spend all of this money? But I was so anxious about it that I was like, uh-huh. uh, let me just spend the money just in case like this doesn't go the way that I think it would go. Right. But I love the fact that you were so confident, you know, about the process. So were you looking at um, for the four DIs that you did apply for, were they all traditional, all distance or was it like a mixture? So um, it was really, really hard for me to pick internships because I was trying to look for some that um, were not a combined program with the master's. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for like a single internship um, that was also not a distance because I just, you know, I was stressing out a lot that I didn't want to stress out, like looking for my preceptors. So yeah, just, yeah I, I just wanted like a single internship but that was also maybe catered towards sports nutrition. And it was a really hard process because Mm -hmm. a lot of the sports nutrition dietetic internships were all combined programs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want to go through another master's degree. And, you know, this is going to cost a lot too. Like I, and they were all like, you know, either all the way in the South or all the way, you know, out West. So Mm -hmm. that was another thing. So, um, I really ended up doing um, two in Illinois that were a little bit more clinical, community-based. Mm-hmm. And I, the one in Michigan is more community. And then my, the last one I had was in Seattle. I just 
and that was more of like a location thing like oh it's community-based it's also in Seattle I kind of want to visit Seattle but (laughs) I'm glad that one didn't work out because uh, I don't know how I would have you know been all the way out there Um, but yeah so I it's I ended up just kind of looking more towards community-based internships Mm -hmm. because I realized well with community you know I could still get that sports nutrition experience through Mm -hmm. electives and even you know my internship now I made it work I I have gone in you know two sports nutrition rotations and they've been great so that's awesome yeah so before I dive you know into what your internship experience has been like I'm curious like do you have any tips for um students that are looking at out-of-state dietetic internships being in one like what that's like or what they should do to make it a little bit easier yeah so being in an internship that's out of state right now there are a couple different things that um, I think dietetic interns should be aware of or should prepare ahead of time Um, and first off it's you know preparing like where you're gonna live because you know if you get matched on match day I think is in April mm-hmm. um, so if you get matched in April and let's say your program starts in the summer you have to really figure out where you're gonna live in the city that you probably don't really know the area you don't really know the streets around there so take time to really figure out, you know, the location of the city and talk to your director of like, hey, what are some good neighborhoods, some, you know, good place, good affordable places um, that dietetic interns in the past have lived in. And also talk to dietetic interns that have recently been accepted. So maybe you could, you know, um, room with them. Um, I would also say preparing the expenses mm-hmm. you know out of state means you have new rent money you have uh, newer grocery stores depending on like taxes maybe it's even more expensive out there um, preparing for you know gas money parking um, I realized in my internship that they don't cover a lot of you know parking fees so you no, have to- they don't you have to, you know, <laughs> save for the, for those fees um, and make sure that you have insurance for um, medical uh, bills such as vaccines, TB tests. Um, if you get sick, you know, r- figuring out where's the nearest uh, medical clinic center near you. Um, and if you, you know, have the chance to go back home and visit, you know, there's the train tickets, yeah. flight tickets, uh, preparing in advance for things like that. Um, and even like clothing apparel, you know, there are some rotation sites where you need to look nice, you need to dress business casual. So being prepared to either bring most of that stuff from home or saving up money to find something nearby getting to know what's near you, what's the most, you know, financial way to shop. But the fun part is that uh, you really get to learn more about the state, the city. Um, I've been able to explore Ann Arbor. A lot of my rotations have either been in Detroit, have been in some smaller cities of Michigan. So I've been able to really drive out and explore those areas. and also really learn about the communities itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so much more than simply the intern experience itself. Mm-hmm. It's everything that comes. And you about like the finance part of it, at mm-hmm. least in my internship, there's so much stuff that we had to pay for up, which I'm sure it like it's probably included either in the tuition or, you know, a part of other people's internships, but Definitely making sure that all of your vaccinations are up to par. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, your student dietetic insurance. You're a member of the academy. It's all of these little costs. Like if you need to purchase scrubs and 
um, like you said, the parking, this it's all of these little things that will chip away at the funds that you do have, that you do have to um, prepare for. So you're right. And, you know, I never even considered um, doing your internship and being away from your family and friends like that um, mm. and how that could potentially take a toll where like I'm doing the other side where I'm like my family and my daughter is here and they're wearing me down like <laughs> what that must be like to be away from the you know the people in your support system never really considered that yeah yeah it's it's like been a journey to like you know doing a lot of more phone calls with family members it's been nice that you know my parents have you know they would come visit me when they can mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's just figuring out ways that you can still be able to communicate with them while also being, you know, miles and miles away because, you know, that's, you know, having family and friends in your life is really important for, you know, not just like your mental health, but, you know, just, um, just, you know, having a support system, you know, with you on this journey that you've never experienced before. Um, also, I always forget to mention this, but my older sister is a dietitian. Oh, so, how cool. <laughs> um, so it's been nice to really talk to her too, like, when I'm going through things that, you know, no, you know, some of my family members or friends can't relate, but she can. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can like really offer advice and really prepare me for some of these rotations. So that's it's it's been really nice to actually have a family member who's a dietitian because, you know, she's the only one that's been through this, um, and so she can you know really help me out with this. <laughs> yeah. So what yeah. advice? has um, your sister, the RD, given you about the internship? So before the internship started, she had me, um, she gave me this binder of nutrition information and um, she gave me access to her pocket prep app, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, yeah, it's just like an app that just quizzes you on nutrition and a lot of like audio files. And she told me like, I, you know, I really want you to stand out in your rotations and, you know, make sure that the preceptors and everyone there know that you're on top of your game. So, I, you know, really preparing yourself and looking over nutrition information ahead of time so that um, you could just, you know, study it a little bit more, or just kind of like look back at it so that, you know, you're not in your clinicals and you're like, oh, man, I forgot what mm -hmm. EMA is, which... <laughs> you know, that, that happened to me, but, you know, just knowing that, you know, just being prepared of, uh, yeah, just being a textbook uh, person up for advice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found <clears throat> that, um, I mean, and I guess that's for any profession that, you know, the professionals may be willing to share that information while others um, tend to hold it close to the vest. Mm -hmm. I've asked almost all of my preceptors about like the, the salary ranges and what they think about that. And mm -hmm. um, they are quick to give tips. So even if you don't have a sibling that's an RD that's willing to share that information, mentorship and relationships in the field are, are so very um, important. So question how do you, like, how are you doing in the internship? How do you feel? How are things going? Um, it, it's been going good. Um, it's, I, the thing about the internship is that, you know, people who have gone through it have talked about how, oh, it's been, you know, it was very chaotic, like, it's very rigorous. Um, but I haven't really, like, experienced it that for my internship and I don't know if it's because maybe COVID has uh, the pandemic has really impacted the way some of the rotations um, are held you know, for example like in person or remote um, we can't do a lot of uh, um, things with the patients like we can't give nutrition um, focused physical exams mm. uh, because we can't really like touch the patient so 
Um, but for the most part, a lot of the rotations um, aren't really like as organized as I thought they would be. Like some of them are really just you show up and you kind of just observe the dietitian there. Um, and I thought it would be more of like this scary internship where you're, you know, working like overtime, you have projects every single day, um, <laughs> talking to so many like patients at once. But it, what I really like that it's just been very casual for me for the most part. Um, I don't know if this could be really different um, from maybe like a clinical based internship. Um, I don't know. Is, is it? Has your internship been similar or just more rigorous or um I feel like I feel like mine's been kinda laid back. Mm-hmm. Um my first business rotation was I think I wasn't really sure what to expect and, and that um uh, rotation was uh remote, which was cool. So I did that virtually. And then I went into my clinicals and nothing has been super overwhelming unless I overwhelm myself. Like I was worried about um, information that I would need to know going to mm-hmm. visit patients that maybe I wasn't super confident in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was able to do some nutrition focused physical exam in Harlem when I did a bariatric rotation, there were some RDs that took me up to the ICU and I was able to do it there, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow, I actually start my food service management. And from what I've heard from a variety of interns is that people are super duper understaffed everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that part has me a little nervous only because like, I don't mind going to serve on the line I recognize like that's part of the experience it just seems that in some of those situations because they're so short staff that mm-hmm. a lot of your um, day-to-day is that versus learning the management part of it and like the ordering part of it and the recipe part of it like that's what I want to really learn but so far I can't say that I've been overwhelmed at all it's, it, it has been pretty laid back and it's probably because of COVID. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. (laughs) So, um, so what does your internship roadmap look like? Like what's your order of rotations? Where are you doing the different, uh, like what sites do you have your different rotations at? Yeah. So the internship in Michigan that I'm in right now, um, we started in July and it will end for some people, if you have a master's degree, um, your hours will be cut short because they will include like your master's degree as hours for research. Oh, nice. So, so for those people, um, your internship would end um, early February. Um, so it's about a seven to eight month program. Uh, you still get, you know, your clinicals, your community rotations, electives. So I did my clinicals at the U Michigan Hospital, mm-hmm. um, and that was six weeks. Uh, we did like general nutrition, um, uh, CKD, pediatrics, ICU, trauma burn units, um, and then. Uh, I, I did a couple of community rotations. So one of my first rotations was in Detroit, um, but it was held virtual. So mm-hmm. it was with their, uh, it was a small program that helped individuals receive free boxes of fruits and vegetables. And the intern would just help out with the nutrition materials, um, give out nutrition talks and education um, videos on nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my WIC rotation in Detroit, uh, which was really nice because I was able to go to a lot of the different WIC agencies in many areas of Detroit. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to go to the different sites and meet new di- dietitians at every one of them. Okay, And then... Um, I did my outpatient 
at the VA in Ann Arbor. And then I, I worked with the uh, UMichigan University in their sports nutrition department. And um, they were hiring new dietitians, so I was able to only work with just the director of sports nutrition, okay. uh, which was a really great opportunity because I have heard of her in the field and um, she's a veteran in sports nutrition. So it was a great opportunity to really learn from her, learn how uh, university sports are. And um, yeah, and we also have like... Uh, long-term care, so over at a senior living center. And then my other rotation with sports nutrition was with a dietitian who worked at a smaller division one school. Um, so she would do some con consults with the athletes, but her other side business was a private practice with eating disorders. So it was mm. nice. To see, yeah, it, it was, it was nice to see that, you know, I could, you know, work part-time as a sports dietitian, but also part-time in a private practice doing something else. Yeah. So in your sports, <clears throat> excuse me, in your sports nutrition rotations, what are you doing? Like what was the day-to-day -day like? Um, different each day, but it was a lot of observing the sports dietitian, um, either doing in-person or Zoom um, consultations with an athlete, um, whether they were going through injuries, whether they were going through an eating disorder, or they needed uh, tips for uh, weight gain. And then it was a lot of driving to different um, performance centers and going to pre-practice or post-practice meals, making sure that the athletes were eating, um, a lot of what goes on in sports nutrition at universities is uh, stocking and making sure that all the fueling stations have snacks, have um, protein shakes available, making sure that athletes are eating what's um, in the fueling stations, and um, also making sure that uh, you're ordering enough foods for the stations. Um, and making sure that uh, there's a correct number of inventory um, in each um, fueling station. So there, it's a lot of um, having skills in uh, food service, like learning how to order catering, learning how to order foods for different performance centers, working with the coaches on what restaurants are nearby when athletes uh, go travel for out-of-state games. Um, and just being a, a reliable source and uh, a comfortable person to talk to for the athletes um, and uh, realizing as well that like a lot of these athletes may not know what you know what what are carbohydrates or they may not know about my plate so having an understanding of how to really talk to an athlete that may not have any nutrition information or any knowledge of nutrition of information but also talking to an athlete that may have already have some knowledge but they need a little bit more assistance mm -hmm. Out of yeah. curiosity, <clears throat> in your rotations, you mentioned athletes that may have like eating disorders. Like how common was that um, for your, like what you saw? Yeah. So I remember during the two weeks I was with uh, the sports nutrition uh, rotation at UMichigan, uh, we saw, I would say maybe two to three athletes with eating disorders um, and they were more like in their recovery stage where they weren't really practicing at all. Um, mm -hmm. and, or they would, you know, they would have, um, 
like disordered eating behaviors that they still needed to work on. And it was a lot of just like checking up on the athletes and making sure that they were still eating and um, also making sure that they weren't, um, you know, exercising in secret um, because, Mm. you know, athletes, especially like uh, college athletes, you know, they, they want to still keep their muscle. They still want to be strong. They still want to have, you know, the, the best um, endurance. Um, and so they, you know, may, they may, the, some common behaviors are that like, you know, they, they will still, you know, want to um, practice when no one's looking or they will, you know, want to lift weights still because they want to, still be able to um, have, uh, I guess, like, um, they still want to be an athlete in some way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. That's eye-opening, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really <clears throat> know what's going on in their mind and in the mind of a person that wants to be the best at everything. They've dedicated so many years to it. I can imagine what that's like. How... Mm-hmm. How interesting that must be. What's your plan after the completion of your internship? So I'm on my last month of the internship. And um, congratulations, by the way. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so one of the first things that I really have to think about is, so I, I'm living in an apartment that has a 12-month lease. Mm-hmm. And so I need to figure out first of finding someone that can take over my lease um, so that I can move out, go back to Illinois and, you know, not have to pay, not have to still pay rent yeah. a place that I'm not living in. Um, and then I would love to just take the whole month of February and just study for the RD exam and hopefully take the exam in March or April or, or wherever there's uh, availability. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I would, you know, start applying to jobs and hopefully have, you know, have a job this year, either sports nutrition um, or, you know, something that I can still, you know, use uh, performance nutrition recommendations uh, for my uh, future patients. Mm-hmm. Nice. And how do you want to shake up nutrition and dietetics? Yes. So this is this is a really great question because I've <laughs> I've had a couple of ideas just learning more and more about the field and also being a part of different groups and memberships. Um, I I like that you had mentioned early. Um, during this podcast about diversified dietetics. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an amazing um, community of dietitians that really want to diversify this field of- Yes, nutrition. they are, yes. Uh-huh. And I, I'm even a part of, a, they have a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if my mentor is listening, hi. <laughs> uh, um, shout them out, what's your mentor's yeah. name? Shout them out. <laughs> Mitzi, Mitzi. <laughs> Yay, Mitzi. <laughs> yeah, she's um she's a Latina um dietitian who's also interested in sports nutrition. And um th- thank you, Mitzi, for being a mentor. It's uh really been a great opportunity to have a nice relationship with you and also um you know chatting about sports nutrition and just helping each other. Um, awesome. But that's, you know, that's something that I really wanted to do is diversify the field, especially, you know, women in sports and women in sports nutrition and, um, you know, going beyond that, like Latina, Hispanic women in sports nutrition, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's uh, that's something that's really important to me. And I'm big on cultural eats. And Mm -hmm. when we mix in cultural eats and sports nutrition, we can really tell our athletes that, you know, athletes come from different backgrounds. Athletes come from different race, sex, and gender. Mm -hmm. And if we can really make sure that, you know, their identity is, can still, 
be included in their own nutrition um, that, and that they can still perform with their own cultural foods. I think that, you know, more people would come out and say that, you know, having cultural foods is really important in nutrition. I can still include this in my meals. I could still, you know, have something that my grandma made me, you know, mm-hmm. post game. And so, especially, you know, being a runner myself, having to, you know, eat foods that were part of my culture and still, you know, using this as carbs before my runs. It's, it's amazing. And it's, it's in, you know, it keeps my nutrition with my own identity. Yeah, Uh, no, I felt like as soon as you went to respond to that question, I felt your vibration rise. Like I felt the passion from like, from your energy immediately. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, just, I would just also just want to talk about the career itself and becoming a dietitian to a lot of underrepresented communities. Mm-hmm. Um, where I grew up, I grew up in a very predominantly um, Latino, Hispanic, uh, Polish, Eastern European um, communities. And you know, no one around us really had like a dietitian growing up. And, you know, having a dietitian meant that, you know, it was an extra expense. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to, you know, go to these communities and talk to them about how, you know, dietitians can be a necessity to our health and talking about the role of dietitians. Um, and even, you know, going to high schools and talking to students about, you know, a career in, uh, becoming a dietitian, um, or even going to some uh, sports practices and talking to some of the high school athletes mm-hmm. uh, about nutrition, and maybe you know maybe that will spark an idea with them that you know being a dietitian in sports is you know can be a career that they can have. Because um, uh, you know I remember when I was in college, there are a lot of students that were transferred into the program. Mm -hmm. So it made me realize that, you know, high school wasn't really like a place where you would learn about, you know, nutrition or or learn about dietitians. So, you know, just going back to different communities, going back to high schools and just talking about what a dietitian does, I think would really bring in more students. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that I am one that's very quick to say that I feel like um, a dietitian should be a normal part of your medical team, you know, that you put together. Most people will have their primary care. They'll have, if they're a woman, like their OBGYN or, Mm -hmm. you know, specialties or whatever. But I rarely hear people say that they have a dietitian on deck or somebody that, you know, they often um, converse with about how things are going with their eating, which can be the root of many, many problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I really like that. Um, you said that. Mm-hmm. So a couple more questions, Catherine, cause I definitely appreciate you spending the time and, and sharing your experience and feelings with our audience. Do you have, and I ask, I ask everyone for three tips to give to um, dietetic students and dietetic interns that you've learned along the way or that you've found have made your experience um, easier or you know you found that it's been detrimental to this experience in your journey? Yes, so my number one thing is to really just stay organized, um, keep things safe such as um, any experiences, like any photos you've taken. I'm really big on like having an e-portfolio. So Mm. um, if any students or interns, you know, are listening and you don't have an e-portfolio now, please uh, make an e-portfolio. It'll really help you stand out. Um, And, you know, keeping things safe, like contact information, because you never know that, you know, you may run into... Um, a job and they may need like a reference and you've had an amazing experience at a rotation with this preceptor who knows your um, capabilities, she knows your personality. Um, And so 
keeping all those things organized. Um, another thing is allow yourself to take breaks. Um, allow yourself to take breaks, not just, you know, on the weekends where you can relax, but try to, you know, take one or two days out of the work week where you come home and you, you have a good meal and you can just relax, you know, no, mm -hmm. no working on the project, no working on, you know, any assignments, just come home and relax and take a break because I like that. Yeah, there's there were some days where like, you know, I, I had a long commute, I just wanted to come back home and just uh, have a good meal, a good dinner and just, you know, watch TV, Netflix or whatever, you know, hobbies you have, just relax. Um, and, you know, you can work on that project tomorrow, you can work on it on the weekend or whenever, just take one or two days to just come come back home and just relax. Um, and then lastly, uh, which is something I've kind of been going through and experienced during this internship is that you're not always going to get along with every preceptor and that's okay. Um, you know, you're not, it just makes you realize that you're not always going to connect with someone. Um, Especially, you know, with me being an introvert, me having, you know, social anxiety, like it, it's hard for me to sometimes, you know, communicate with others or really um, put myself out there. And I've realized that, you know, not every preceptor, every person that you meet, you're, you're not going to always connect with them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's that's OK. It made me realize that, you know, when I get into the, my career and when I have different team members, you know, I may connect with some of them, but I may not connect with them. Um, so just realizing that, you know, you may have amazing experiences at a rotation with a preceptor, but you may not also have, you know, um, an amazing experience or you may not be able to connect with that preceptor as well. And that's okay too, you know, just take the rotation day by day, just take, you know, the information that you need, learn from it and learn about, you know, it, it allows you to take the opportunity to learn more about people and how mm -hmm. to socialize and how to communicate with them. I like that. I think those are awesome tips. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so Catherine, um, is there anything that I haven't asked you or any area of your life and nutrition and dietetics as an intern, as a future dietitian that you'd like to share with our 40-something and interning audience? Um, I would say that um, when you're collecting all of your experiences, either getting a new job or you're trying to stand out in the dietist process, or um, you just want to refresh your memory when you're working on your resume or things like that. You know, it's important to think not just your nutrition experiences, but any like non-nutrition experiences like leadership. Um, I like to say to other students when, you know, they need help with figuring out experiences for DICAS um, is the role of leadership um, and, you know, not being afraid to, you know, say that you know another language because that's really important when it does come to mm -hmm. you know, getting another job. Um, and, you know, like I was a, a resident advisor or an RA for a graduate upper division dorm hall and I realized that like, being an RA, you know, it's not nutrition related at all, but it allowed me to learn how to communicate with people. It allowed me to even use my motivational interviewing skills mm -hmm. with my residents. Um, and so, you know, it's not always about finding nutrition related experiences. It's about finding experiences that will really define your skills and really help um, any skills that you may not be confident in. Um, and so, you know, it could really include something that can 
you know, even be working as like a waitress or um, even, you know, working for extracurricular clubs or um, just anything that's like non-nutrition related. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I would probably recommend people to do is find something that you enjoy doing and find something that um, can not only like help, you know, help you stand out in the process of finding a job or a process of digest, but something you enjoy. Um, and it doesn't always have to be nutrition related. Yeah, those experiences do translate to <clears throat> experience in various areas of nutrition and dietetics and relatability and, and communication skills just elsewhere, just throughout your life. So mm -hmm. also great advice. So Catherine, thank you again for coming on the show. You dropped so many gems and a lot of good relatable information. How can members of our audience find you if they wanted to reach out to you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram uh, at sports nutrition cat K A T, um, and and you can you know connect with me on LinkedIn, Catherine Inojosa, uh, H I N O J O S A. Um, but yeah, uh, you can always DM me or send me a message, or if you really need any help at all, I'm always available. Um, I think that's the fun part and the great part of being in this, you know, dietitian community is that we're all out here to help each other out. So in any way or any shape or form, um, we'll always be here to help you with anything. Cool. Thank you again. And to you guys in the 40-something and intern audience, I'll see you next week. Thank you.